people were like, no, if you write about it, like everybody's going to copy you. Nah, it's not really, it's not actually possible. Um, nobody's going to be able to out-execute you at your own process. Do you want to impact the world and still turn a profit? Then you're in the right place. Welcome to Growth Everywhere. This is the show where you'll find real conversations with real entrepreneurs. They'll share everything from their biggest struggle to the exact strategies they use on a daily basis. So if you're ready for a value-packed interview, listen on. Here's your host, Eric Sue. Today's episode of Growth Everywhere is brought to you by Single Grain. Single Grain is a digital marketing agency ran by yours truly that has helped venture-backed startups to Fortune 500 companies grow their revenues online. Single Grain covers services such as search engine optimization, Facebook advertising, Google advertising, YouTube advertising, content marketing, and conversion rate optimization. To learn more about Single Grain, go to www.singlegrain.com grow to learn about eight marketing campaigns that we've used in the past to help uh, clients grow, including the one that helped generate over 1,500% return on investment. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's edition of Growth Everywhere, where we interview entrepreneurs and bring you business and personal growth tips. Today, we have Max Altschuler. I'm going to butcher that again, uh, CEO <laughs> of Sales Hacker. Max, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. You got the name right. It's not All too right. far off. <laughs> Perfect. So, Max, why don't you talk a little bit about your background first, and then we'll get into the company. Yeah. So, I was the, um, uh, well, I guess the, my, my first role out in, uh, in tech and in the Valley was um, at a company called Udemy, so an online education company most recently raised a uh, Series C round of funding. They're hiring like crazy, but um, when I got there, we were about um, five employees in San Francisco and then you know another three or four in uh, Turkey. That was our development team, and uh, I was tasked with growing the instructor side of their online education marketplace. Um, I was the only employee uh, on this you know, actual task, and so we had to build out a process that would grow us 20% month over month, um, you know, from, from early on at the company. And, uh, you know, we had that classic startup problem where, you know, you don't really have money to spend on that kind of thing. So uh, we had to find a way to generate more revenue using less resources. And, you know, what I had kind of figured it was, was sales hacking. We had to find a way to sell people on getting on the platform. And we had to do it in a way where, you know, we had to leverage, you know, all this sales automation, technology, virtual assistants to figure out what that looked like. So um, we ramped it up at Udemy, um, built out this really amazing virtual outsourced SDR team, uh, which is pretty much what it was, and uh, and um, got them through the A round, the B round, uh, left them after their B, went to a company called Attorney Fee, um, which did a similar thing. It was an online legal uh, marketplace for local legal help. Um, that is now called uh, LegalZoom Local because they were acquired by LegalZoom and uh, left them and started this, uh, Sales Hacker Inc. So uh, at first it was just a meetup and then when I left Attorney Fee it became a conference and uh, the conference was so successful that um, you know, I really realized that you know, sales is everywhere. Um, people don't really have any kind of education. I mean there's no college courses with sales. There's no um, there's no real content out there that's really focused, unbiased, and focused on on sales and technology. And technology, you know, people are really starting to build for salespeople. I mean, you have you have companies out there like um, you know, most recent one that I've seen is Spiderbook. They're they're actually 
they actually have NLP uh, data scientists from Stanford building products for salespeople. Like, that would never happen in the past. And that's something that's a trend that's kind of hit in the last two, three years. You're finally getting these really, really talented uh, developers and you're starting to, starting to get this VC money and the people who were going from um, you know, um, their MBA programs to Goldman Sachs are now starting to go into sales. And so it's a, a really interesting trend, and I think we're we're kind of riding that wave. And you know, we'd like to be the ones who um, kind of pull that trend forward, and and uh, you know, maybe control the conversation, or at least be a part of the conversation and help facilitate the conversation with the rest of the industry, um, while showing everybody, you know, showcasing these new tools and, and kind of how to embrace technology in a sales process. Got it. Okay. So the I remember going to the first sales hacker conference, and like you said, it was a wild success. And then you were responsible for the the recent uh, Jason Lemkin's conference. Mm-hmm. You were a big part of that, right? Yep. So what's the difference? I mean, you know, the first sales hacker conference it, it presents its own challenges, but then when you have a massive conference, you know, behind a brand that he's built, um, what were the different challenges you had to face around that? Yeah. So you know, Jason came. Jason spoke at a couple of our conferences and came to me and. You know, I knew Jason well. I know Sasta well. And Jason said, "Hey, would you 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 want to help us with this?" And um, you know, it's so close to what we're doing because we work a lot in SaaS and we work with a lot of these people um, that it was kind of a no-brainer for us to get involved. But it was it was an event of a, a different scale. Sasta was four to five times bigger um, than you know a normal sales hacker conference. And you know, next year we're going to I think triple it in size and do a three-day event. So you know, it's um. It's you know something that uh, I think people were amazed at um, that we only did with a you know I think we were a, what are we a five person team um, I have a I have a, a great team that we brought on that could handle it but it was um, but it was you know a lot different than what we normally go through and uh, working with someone else and working with someone else's brand is is uh, is not the easiest thing but we have a good relationship between you know my team and Jason where Jason kind of um, you know he's He's a very bright, he's a very smart guy, and he comes up with these amazing, you know, fantastic ideas. But you got to kind of take that idea and then work it into a something that's that's actually doable, you know. So there's kind of like fantasy, like oh, this would be amazing type stuff. And then there's like, all right, well, how do we take that and make it something that we can like bring to life? And then I have a team that that really knows how to execute on it and um, you know can work with that work with that vision. So. I think uh, you know it's 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 a little bit tougher, and uh, you know you have somebody else's you have like more cooks in the kitchen, but um, I'm glad it worked out really well. I mean, you were there. How'd you enjoy it? It was great. I mean, it, you know, for an event that was only one day, you know, the inaugural event. I've been to, I've been to both of your inaugural events, and they were you know very smooth. Uh, content was great. Um, it flowed really well too. And I think. You know, a quick question for you before I lose before I lose my train of thought here. The, <laughs> you said you're so the sales hacker typical conferences. What's the size of those, and what, what was the size of the Saster conference? Yeah, sales hackers usually uh, like around three hundred. Saster was um, at the after party at its peak. It was probably around sixteen hundred during the day, maybe a thousand to twelve hundred. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, and just to let everyone know, I mean, you should absolutely go to his conference next year because, I mean, the the, the number of high-level people there, you, you know, you walk by, I, I hear conversations about churn and just so many smart people there, uh, lots of good relationships to be made, lots of great content. So highly recommended for anyone, not just in software, but I think any entrepreneur in general, just to open your head up. Oh, yeah. Highest quality attendee list I've ever seen. It's 
it was partners and uh, partners at some of the best VC firms you know in the world, some of the biggest, most popular ones. And it was CEOs and execs at some of the fastest growing SaaS companies that are doing you know some doing ten million in AR, some doing hundreds. And then uh, and then you had all these great you know entrepreneurs that were in there that you know were venture backed and and just become just coming up you know in the scene. So really high quality attendee list. Everybody was really open to conversation. I remember uh, being downstairs and seeing the CEO of GuideSpark, which is you know really fast growing uh, SaaS company, just sitting on the couch answering email. You know, with, anybody could have just walked up to him and have a conversation. How often do you get a chance you know to do that? Not a lot. So. Yep. That's pretty cool. Uh, it is. And I, I totally agree with you. I mean, it, it is the highest quality I've, I've ever seen, which is why everyone needs to get the early bird tickets. And yes. when are those coming out, by the way? Um, in the next, I want to say two, three weeks, wow. we'll get those out. Yeah. Okay. Well, sign me up. Uh, yes. All right. We'll get the email. Um, so you know I've heard a lot about conferences before I mean the the company I used to work for Treehouse uh, Ryan Carson used to run a ton of different conferences and you know he eventually decided to sell that business so it it seems like there's a lot of headache around it Um, can you talk a little more about why you're doing events and what's the ultimate goal behind them yeah there definitely is a lot of headache around them Um, you know it's it's a hard deadline you know so you are that's the date that's it you know there's it has to be done by that date. Um, there's all kinds of, you know, problems that arise, personalities that you have to deal with. Um, you know, there's, you got vendors on one side that are, that you know, make a mistake, and you know, anything can go wrong. It's, it's all live. It's really, you know, it really is a, um, a little stressful, I, I'd say. But. Um, but there's a lot that comes out of it, a lot of good that comes out of it, especially when you're building like a media, a full service media company, not just an events company, you know, like we are. So we have a publication, we have the conferences, we have these smaller series events, these meetups, we call them sales hacker series events that are in 30 cities across the world. And we're, we're trying to build a community out of it. And I think those conferences are a great way to get some of the really high level people involved um you know vps of sales at companies like Zenefits. you know sam blonde spoke at our last one the fastest growing SaaS company i think in the in the history of of software sales um you know they're they're killing it but to get a guy like that to come in and tell the story of how they went from zero to 80 reps in the first year of the business um you know that's an incredible story with some really actionable takeaways um you know and, and that's part of building that community so uh, as far as what our, our bigger goal is, I mean, I think we want to have this really strong media company that um, is kind of facilitating the conversation and, um, you know, we're we're connected to all these different companies. We can help in, in many different ways and uh, and kind of sit at the top, you know, of, of, um, of the industry and say, you know, how can we help? You know, I want to be able to uh, see a startup that just raised maybe a seed or an A round and connect them to like their new head of sales or their first account executive. Um, we want to be able to uh, help a, a company that's coming out of you know Belarus um, and has some traction find U.S. investors that want to invest in them. I mean, we want to just sit in the kind of in the middle of that and and help. And I think if if um, we do a good job at that, we do a good job of content building the community. Good things will happen. You know, doors are already opening up for us. It just is a matter of you know what opportunities you want to take because you can't take them all. So you have to be kind of, you have to make decisions quickly, but balance that with thinking through the decisions and and kind of what all the repercussions are going to be. 
Right. You know, I, I think it's all about, you look at it today. I mean, you know, Mark Suster, Jason Lemkin, they're all building their own brands, right? And then mm-hmm. I look at, I look at Sales Hacker and it, it definitely is building its own brand. Um, and it, that's, that's what it's all about at the end of the day. I mean, cause you can do whatever you want with it, uh, ultimately, right? Is that kind of how you see it too? Exactly. I mean, if you look at Jason, um, you know, he's built this Saster brand and while other, while other VCs are out there chasing down deals, running around, you know, trying to get in these things, because of the Saster brand, Jason can sit back and relax and he gets access to some of the best companies. I mean, I heard a founder say that he would give Jason better terms and a better valuation in the same round just because it's Jason, just because of that brand that he's built. So obviously, you know, good things happen when you build that brand. Doors open for you that wouldn't normally open for you. I mean, you know, if you're sitting around with a targeted list of 50,000, you know, salespeople at some point, um, you know, that's, that's extremely valuable. You decide to spin up a product, you decide to spin up something in the recruiting space. Um, there are a lot of different things you can do training. Um, but right now I think our main focus is, uh, just building this really authentic, um, and high integrity community of salespeople. And, you know, we, we, we don't allow speakers to pay, uh, sponsors to pay for speaking spots. We don't sell our attendee list to our events, you know, there's things that we do that, you know, um, that kind of go back to that authenticity and that high integrity community that people can trust. So we have our LinkedIn community now, our sales hacker community, uh, LinkedIn group, and that's starting to get going with some really good conversations and people are chiming in on. Um, and then we're, we're actually going to get into a program, um, pretty, that we'll be launching pretty soon. And I think our first batch is, uh, our first class is the first weekend in April, but we're launching a uh, sales training program strictly for war veterans to become sales development reps. And uh, I'm really excited about that because I, you know, I think that there's a lot of um, vets that are coming home that are looking for jobs, but have these really, you know, these pers- these personality traits that are that are very similar to what you would want in a in a sales rep. And there's a lot of companies hiring for SDRs right now. I mean, they're hiring classes of SDRs. So we're excited about that one. Um, book, you know, books coming out. Conferences coming out. Uh, conferences, you know, August thir- uh, April 30th in New York City, and then the uh, the vet training program. So there are a couple opportunities that we're taking that have branched off, you know, from the media side of the business. Um, but I think that's the the main focus for us right now. Okay. Now, can you tell the audience a little bit, um, the, for those that don't know, what, is, what does SDR mean? Yeah, sales development rep. So that's the very beginning of, um, of a sales process, the bottom of a sales org. It's the kind of the um, rookie starter version of getting into sales. Um, it's, it's actually a really rapidly growing trend in uh, tech sales right now. And I'm hoping to, you know, that later this year or maybe next year that it'll start leaking its way into um, all industries of sales. But when you're just starting out in sales, maybe your first sales role, you'll be a sales development rep. Um, and you know, a lot of the biggest tech companies or fastest growing tech companies are utilizing this position. What it does is it actually goes out and prospects companies, does maybe a discovery call. And then once it's a qualified, uh, lead or buyer is passed off to the account executive to get on the phone and close the deal. Got it. Okay. Awesome. 
Now, can you tell me a little bit about the be- the beginning? Because I know you you know we talked about this before the call, but uh, it sounds like you started out with meetups first, and then you eventually parlayed it into actual do- you know doing bigger and bigger events. So, how did you build these meetup group? You know, uh, let's just call them lists or attendee lists in the beginning. Yeah, so it was an invite only thing. We had never planned to to really grow this out. I mean, our our goal was just to learn more become sponges and, and figure things out. And so the first group that we got together um, for the sales hacker meetup in San Francisco was Matt Ellsworth, who was the VP of growth at Storefront. Um, this is before they raised their, their A round, so it was really early on at their company. Um, it was a short-term retail marketplace. Ryan Buckley, who's the COO of Scripted um, and co-founder of Scripted, who, uh, who also built a sales tool called Tufer, T-O-O-F-R. Um, which is great for finding email addresses and verifying email addresses. And then Xander Ford, who is the head of sales at Blue Kai, which was sold to Oracle. Um, it was the three of us, it was the four of us just kind of hacking away on on some things, you know, meet once a month, uh, figure out different ways to kind of uh, validate email addresses, build lists, work with virtual assistants, uh, you name it. And then um, over time, we started inviting people in. Um, kind of was an invite only, you know, people that were doing really interesting things that were kind of in our, in our network. And, um, by the last meetup that we did, we had a, probably a 20 person group. Um, Jason Lemkin was actually in, in the group in the last meetup that we did before the conference. And, uh, yeah, we had no intention of, of doing something that was for numbers. It was strictly for learning and it kind of just, you know, became something big because it was authentic. Okay, cool. So it's it's kind of like a it's kind of like this sounds more like a mastermind, right? What do you mean? So a mastermind would be you know you get a group of like minded people and you'll share you know different learnings around and then you you guys are growing together, right? Exactly. Okay, got it. Now with with I know there's a, a few different ways of doing meetups. Um, there's this guy that you know has done it. I don't know. He kind of gave me all these tips around it, and he says, okay, you know, there's panels and then you can have speakers and you can have networking events. What's your take on each of those? Uh, I hate panels. Um, people kind of just tend to ramble and then say, end up saying what the other person said. Um, I don't think there's a lot of like actionable information that comes out of that. It's, uh, yeah, it's not my favorite. Um, I'd rather have somebody on stage with, with PowerPoint slides behind them or talking about a topic for 10 minutes even, um, than do a, do a 30 minute panel and just give them like a specific topic to dive deep into and pull some like real actionable nuggets out of, um, you know, right now we just do, we just do, we just do stand up in front of slides type stuff. Um, at our, at our series events, we do three 20 minute sessions, um, with an overarching topic. And at our conferences, we do, um, maybe 10, 30 minute sessions or something like that. Um, so a little bit longer with some Q and a baked in, I think, um, Having a specific topic and having somebody just kind of almost zoom in to that one topic and get really granular helps people a lot more. If it has a narrative but it's actionable, that's my favorite. So Sam Blonde did a uh, zero to eighty reps at our la- at our last conference, and it was a great story, but it also had these really kind of actionable nuggets that we're able to pull out that you could use at your company tomorrow, whether you're going from zero to one or two reps, you know, or zero to ten didn't matter. You can use this anyway. So, um, 
you know, really like that and then really like the Q&A that happens afterwards because we get some really good questions that, um, and we ask people at the, at the events to make the questions generic enough so you're not getting a, a personal consultation uh, at everybody else's time expense, but something that everybody can learn from. Got it. Okay. Now, what's one big struggle you faced? I mean, while you know doing all this, uh, let's just say what's one big struggle you faced while growing Sales Hacker as a business? Oh, there's a ton. I mean, everything is, <clears throat> oh, we want to do that and make it really awesome, but we need to hire someone for that. So we can't do that until we hire someone, but we can't hire someone until we do that. You know, it's like, it's a catch-22. It's, it's always when you're growing a business, you want to allocate resources and make something, you know, that much better. but you just can't do it until until you're there unless you raise money. Um, you know, could we raise money? Probably, but it's not something I'm super interested in. I mean, at this point, we're we're moving very fast, and uh, you know, I'd love to move faster, but I just don't think it's it's worth it. We don't we don't need to. It's kind of a nice to have, but and that's that's for me as an entrepreneur, and especially as a sales sales guy or a uh, sales entrepreneur. We want to move extremely fast. We're impatient people, and uh, you know, we just want to keep going, going, build, 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 grow, grow, grow. But you know, in reality, um, real world's not like that. You know, you want to move a lot faster than than you possibly can, and um, we're moving pretty fast, but never, never satisfied. Pretty fast, insanely fast. You just had one of the best conferences, probably the best conference. People are saying better than the the crunchies and all that, which is not saying a whole lot, but it is. You know, I, I do think it's it's probably the best one I've been to. So, you know, hats yeah. hats off to you. Thank you. Um, okay, so let's talk about your book. You know, you have something going on right now. You know, what is your book all about? Yeah, so it's called Hacking Sales, and um, yeah, it's it's the it's building the sales process from the rep or entrepreneur or you know two technical co-founders like early stage startup perspective. So the entire kind of sales process, um, kind of how to, like a playbook behind it, and then each piece has a couple like tips and hacks. And then when, on top of that, we showcase about two hundred tools. Most of them are very new to the industry that you can use inside of each part of your process to make that kind of an automated process. So it's all about kind of automating sales, um, optimizing sales, and getting to getting to high velocity sales as fast as possible. I mean, you are at a startup; you don't have time. Um, time is money, and you got to figure it out. And you got to figure it out quick, and you got to figure it out without spending money because you don't have it in the first place. So, um, how to generate more revenue using less resources in less time? And this book is pretty much a, a playbook. Um, with a tool guide uh, mixed into it. So I'm hoping that a lot of people get actual use out of it, can apply it to their to what they're doing at, at their companies, whether they're a rep trying to close deals um, or they're you know a manager trying to you know train a team, ramp up SDRs uh, and account executives, or they're you know two technical co-founders with product market fit trying to figure out how to get some traction so they can you know raise a seed round or um, raise the next round or, you know, attract, uh, their first sales hire. Okay. Now this sounds like a, this definitely sounds like a companion to Aaron Ross's book, uh, mm -hmm. predictable revenue, where his book is mainly like, okay, here's like the overarching concepts here. How, here's how sales has changed fundamentally. And then yours is like, okay, here's the templates. You know, you could just copy what I do and build upon it. Right. 
Uh, yeah, I mean, we, we don't necessarily give it the templates. We go really deep into like why something works, why something doesn't work. I think we just add, we added a layer of technology to you know a predictable revenue style book. I wouldn't say it's the same thing. Um, it's not necessarily the same process, but there's a lot of the, mm-hmm. a lot of the stuff is similar. Um, but we add this layer of technology to it, and there's you know there's a lot of different information. I'd say that um, uh, of the information that's in Aaron's book and our book. Um, how much of it's overlapping? Maybe like ten or twenty percent. But it, I don't know if even if the even of the overlapping stuff, um, I wouldn't even say it's exactly the same. So it's uh, it it is pretty different. But you know, he has developed a great process for outbound, uh, with that book. But that book was also written, you know, a few years ago. So there's a lot that has changed. I mean, over the last two three years alone, look how many products have been built for for sales automation. I mean, you're in the in the thousands, at least. Um, so, a lot has changed. Got it. Okay. Now, what's what's um, first of all? Before I ask the next question, how much are you planning to charge for this thing? Uh, it is ten on Kindle, twenty hard copy. Um, we'll do audio book, but I haven't figured that out yet. Um, we're using, I think, Castify for it, but I don't know what we're going to charge for it. Um, but yeah. Yeah, sounds reasonable. Um, okay, great. So the from the book, you know, what's what's I just want to give uh, the audience one nugget. So what's one, you know, what's one tool you'd recommend from your book? Oh man, it's uh, it's hard to pick just one. But um, what is one tool? I think probably the most valuable tool out there right now is something. I mean, if if you're in an outbound company. Um, or you're starting something from scratch and you need to go outbound early on, you need a way to kind of track uh, your emails, um, optimize your emails, so kind of build, uh, build, measure, um, build, test, measure, optimize almost for your, for your email campaigns. So there's a couple products that are in that space that are really interesting between, you know, TowDap, Yesware, Outreach, uh, Cadence, Sidekick, um, there's some great ones in there. As far as going out and getting contact information, Tofer, T-O-O-F-R, Salesloft um, are two really good ones. Datanize is another great, interesting company right now that will allow you to see um, what technologies other companies are using, um, which is kind of how AdRoll um, built out their sales process early on by companies using, seeing what companies were using Magento. Um, yeah, I mean, Spiderbook is using NLP to serve you net new leads. Lead genius. I mean, I can't even name just one. I have, uh-huh. I have a problem. Uh, this is, but this is. I live in this uh, little bubble of sales tools, so it's fun. Yeah, no, I mean the tools you named are are awesome. I mean, uh, we had yes, we're on as a guest. Uh, Tout app is a client of ours. We use them too. Um, a lot of great ones in there. So I, I'm excited to see this book because, like you said, Aaron's you know Aaron's uh, book is a couple years old. So I think uh, definitely needs something a little more modern. And it sounds like a, you know it's going to be the solution. Yeah, we uh, we built it, you know, from the seller's perspective. So we don't go too much into, you know, management tools. But I do plug a couple in the back that you know that we like. I'm sure we'll have a, you know, a follow on, maybe like an ebook or something like that for for hiring, training, motivating, you know, all that kind of stuff. But um, this one's very much from the um, from the closer, account executive, um, farmer, uh, customer success, or hunter, sales development you know, role perspectives, um, and maybe the, maybe their respective managers. Nice. Sounds exciting. 
Mm-hmm. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, what's what's one piece of advice you'd give to your 21-year-old self? Um, one piece of advice I give to my 21-year-old self. Just put your head down and work hard. I think I spent, and I was actually pretty good about this, but most people come into you know, an industry and they want to go to networking events and they want to meet a lot of people and they want to, they, re- they get caught up reading, you know, TechCrunch about the hot new company that just raised a, you know, Series A or something like that. And it's all a waste of time. Just put your head down, work really hard and be, um, be transparent. Uh, you know, write about all the, all the stuff that you're doing. If you're doing something unique, write about it, let everybody know about it. Um, nobody's going to be able to execute it as good as you, or at least go into it with that kind of confidence. Um, because, you know, a lot of the stuff we were doing at Udemy, you know, people were like, no, if you write about it, like everybody's going to copy you. Nah, it's not really, it's not actually possible. Um, nobody's going to be able to out execute you at your own process, um, or, or very rarely. So I'd say, um, put your head down, work hard, read only things that are, pay attention to only things that are like really relevant to what you're doing. Um, and then if you do want to meet people in the industry, networking events are a shitty way to do it. What you want to do is you want to write thoughtful comments and, um, follow people and do it in a really thoughtful way, um, that are relevant to what you're doing. So if you're trying to go into sales, you know, find the top 200, you know, um, people in sales with the, you know, with the biggest followings or, or, um, that are the most interesting people and comment on their blog posts you know, follow them on Twitter and, and reply to them thoughtfully on, on things that have to do with your profession. Um, that's what I would say to my 21-year-old self because I remember being a 21, my 21-year-old self and being lost and being like, what do I do to get ahead of my career? Like, what should I focus on? Should I read books? Should I go to networking events? Should I meet people? You know, should I, you know, and nobody ever told me that. So that's what I wish I would have heard. Yeah, that's rock solid advice, and I totally agree with you. I think we're roughly the same age. So I, I do that. That seems like yesterday almost, but yeah. um, you know, reaching out to reaching out to guys that are punching a few levels above your weight class. Um, you know, pestering. Them, I, I call it pestering, but just continually reaching out to them and asking questions. That's how you establish your relationship, and that's how you get on their 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 radar. And then you eventually, you know, I think you keep you know pounding away at the rock, and you get to where you are, right? Yeah, Kyle Porter, uh, CEO of Salesloft, one of the fastest growing companies right now. That's how he that's how he kind of built a brand and a name for himself. He would just comment on the top 200 sales blogs on posts, really thoughtful comments. Um, you know, and that's what you got to do. And you know, get get noticed by the the right people, uh, you know, get into those circles, really um, understand the information that's relevant to you and don't waste time, you know, looking at what other people what other startups are doing or you know, great, that company that's been around for six months just, you know, raised $30 million or something like that. Cool. Good for them. Don't worry about that. Just focus on what you're doing, things that are relevant to you, and drown out the the rest of the noise because that's all it is. Absolutely. All right. What is, let's see, I'm going to ask this question, <coughs> but you cannot answer Elon Musk. Who is your idol <laughs> and why? I probably wouldn't have answered Elon Musk. I'd say my father uh, is my idol. Uh, cause he's, and he's just, he's happy guy. Um, he's done so much and if I can be that successful when I'm his age, I, you know, I'd be pretty happy with it. I mean, I think the, the American dream is to do better than your father. Right. But I mean, it's a pretty high bar for me and, uh, 
you know, and is he's a, been a very generous guy, um, you know, with uh, with his contributions outside of just uh, work in his personal life, and um, he's always been the guy that I've, you know, I've learned a lot from as far as how to treat people and how to build relationships, and um, you know, there's yeah, there's some you know, you always want to be what Michael Jordan, Elon Musk, all that kind of stuff, but to me. Um, I think the wealth and the power and and the you know professional success is almost a different conversation than you know who do I look up to in a in a this is the guy that you know this is my rock or this is my uh this is what I want to be like you know type thing so got it yeah, uh, yeah. tell us a little more about your dad so we can get some context yeah my dad was a humble guy a really humble guy doesn't like anything flashy um Worked his ass off. Came up um, from, uh, you know, I wouldn't say they were poor, but they definitely weren't like a wealthy family. He was the youngest of three children, and uh, he was reading um, reading the stock quotes at like age thirteen, and uh, went to college at, at Quinnipiac, but um, ended up becoming a stockbroker and then a financial advisor. And um, you know, ever since I was born, uh, I think. You know, he was 35 when I was born. He was, uh, he's always, he always was building really great relationships. And uh, he's been really good at sales, but he's really good at sales because people trust him, because he's genuine, because he's authentic, um, you know, and he's got a high level of empathy. And, uh, you know, I've, I've gotten, that kind of got passed down to me. I think that's been why I've been really good at building relationships. Um, and that's why we're, we're building a community right now that, that people trust. Um, it's, it's something that I got from him and hopefully I continue to, to build on that because that's a very important thing to, to me and, um, and to him as well. Yeah. Awesome. I mean, ultimately it, it is all about, uh, it's, it's all about, you know, relationships and it's not, it's not about the flashy stuff like you mentioned. So what is Jason looking at you again, you guys are all helping each other, sharing all this great content with people, inviting people and, and stuff. So yeah, definitely think you're on the right track and, uh, yeah, no, Definitely appreciate your answer. Um, what is one productivity productivity hack that you can share with the audience? Uh, get a virtual assistant and teach and teach them to do all your menial tasks. Anything that's a low value, you know, uh, that one's from that term's from predictable revenue. But anything that's a, uh, you know, something that you can hand off that doesn't need to be done by you yourself can probably be done by a virtual assistant as long as it doesn't need to be done in person. And so we have a team of virtual assistants here. I had a team in, at Udemy. I've always been building teams wherever I went. But um, get them to do you know, most of your stuff. They can do all kinds of scheduling stuff, and that's, that's easy. But they can do almost anything. I mean, they're a really smart, um, educated group of people. I hire mine from the Philippines usually um, because with some, with some places, you can have uh, some communication issues because of cultural uh, boundaries, but Philippines I've found really good com- communication. They're willing to work my hours. Um, it's four dollars an hour. Uh, I have like my lead that I pay like seven dollars an hour to, but they're fantastic. Um, you know, I, I remember we had a t- we had a, a bunch of interns come in at one of my previous companies um, for a summer, and uh, we had this team of VAs, and there were like quite a few of the VAs that would I would have hired over. Uh, over the these these uh, Ivy League interns, um, just based on work ethic and what they were able to do. So, if you get a VA, 
and you actually take time to train them right up front, you'll save yourself t- so much time um, in the long run. And time is money. So. Okay. And where do you pull these VAs from? Odesk. So you just got to – so, you know, a lot of people try and go on Odesk and hire a VA and just don't do it the right way. You got to put a lot of time up front into hiring and training a VA. And hiring is the hardest part. Uh, you got to find a good one. And to do that, you have to have a really good job description and then a really good kind of hiring process that goes around that. So, you know, in a job description, I'll usually give them a test. And then, you know, another thing that you can do these days is um, you'll be surprised how many, how many uh, virtual assistants in the Philippines, if you type in sales loft or um, if you type in, you know, maybe, I don't know if Datanize is on there yet, but like Toutapp, there's Yesware, there's some VAs that actually in their, you know, proficiency will list those tools that they're proficient with. So you can find somebody that's already been doing uh, you know the job that you've been, you know maybe the lead gen job that you've been doing by typing in the actual software that you want them to use, not just you know Excel or something like that. So it's a pretty good way of of finding a, a good one from the start. Nice, yeah. It's all about hiring in the beginning, and it's all about process. Um, it, you know the, the thing with also from the the Philippines. Have you tried using uh, like onlinejobs.ph or like I think there's another one called uh, Virtual Staff Finder or anything like that. Have you tried those? I haven't because I've I've always had success with Odesk, um, so I've never had to like stray away from there. I've used Fiverr for a couple smaller things, and um, when I was at Udemy, we used TaskUs for a much bigger team that was kind of fully managed by a by an external company, which I highly recommend um, to anyone that kind of has the budget for it. But Odesk was a lot cheaper and kind of more um, for smaller companies, one-off type things, and. Um, yeah, I haven't I haven't used the other ones, but Odesk has always been very very good to me. Yeah, sure, I've found some some bad VAs, but um, for the most part, uh, I've had pretty good success because my process, my vetting process is pretty good, and my training process is pretty good. You should always do the process yourself first. Do a couple Jing or Sketch videos on it. Type it out as well, so that at the end of each section, you type it out, and then you have the video. Then the next session, you type it out, and then you have the video at the bottom. That helps them kind of get it much faster. Awesome. You know, we're going to have to talk about that later. Um, yeah. What Final question here. What is one must-read book you'd recommend? Besides mine, uh, <laughs> yep. 48, 48 Laws of Power is probably one of my favorite books ever um, because it's actually – you'll learn a ton about strategy, um, but you also get some really good stories out of it. So most business books you read um, – you know, most I don't find fully actionable or realistic, and it's also kind of boring. This one is super actionable um, and really kind of a fun read because of the the fables that are intertwined um, in the examples that he gives. Perfect. Yeah. All right. So, Max, what is the best way for people to find you online? Uh, go to Twitter and find me at Max Alts. M A X A L T S. Um, we're also at saleshackerconf, saleshackerconf. Um, let's see, we're on LinkedIn. Uh, we have a LinkedIn group called Sales Hacker Community, which is fantastic. We've got some of the top guys in sales chiming in on, uh, on any kind of topic. So just go in, post a discussion, post an answer. Um, but that's growing pretty well. And then uh, sign up for updates at saleshacker.com. Um, Hacking Sales, the book will be out on 
uh, Amazon um, very soon if it's not out already. And then, uh, yeah, I mean, those are the best ways right there. LinkedIn, I'm on LinkedIn. Go for it. All right, there you have it, everyone. This is Max Altschuler, CEO of Sales Hacker, which is by far, to me, the best sales conference, and you have to check it out. Thanks again, Max. Thank you. If you're interested in growing your revenues online and you're tired of ho-hum agency work, then it might be time to check out Single Grain. Single Grain is a digital marketing agency ran by yours truly that has helped venture-backed startups to Fortune 500 companies grow their revenues online. Check out Single Grain at www.singlegrain.com grow to get a free resource on eight marketing campaigns that we've used to help companies grow their revenues online, including the one that drove over 1,500% return on investment. Thanks for listening to this episode of Growth Everywhere. If you loved what you heard, be sure to head back to growtheverywhere.com for today's show notes and a ton of additional resources. But before you go, hit the subscribe button to avoid missing out on next week's value-packed interview. Enjoy the rest of your week and remember to take action and continue growing.